Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Moments That Made Me with me, your host, Roxy Nafusi. This week's guest is the absolutely incredible Akash Mehta. Akash is an entrepreneur, influencer and co-founder of my favorite hair care brand, Favel and Main, which I'm sure you'll have seen me post about a lot. Akash started his career at 22 as the youngest manager at Estee Lauder Companies before becoming the senior global digital manager for Dior at just 25 years old. He is also one of the loveliest people I've ever worked with and I am constantly inspired by his drive and productivity. So I just cannot wait to hear his three defining moments. Akash, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Roxy, and it's a true honor to be on your podcast. I've listened to all the episodes and um, equally, it's inspired by all your guests, but mostly you as well. Oh, thank you so much, my love. And my God, actually, just I was reading about you before this. And I mean, what the hell? It's actually insane. Oh, do you know what? Let's just go on. I want to know everything. So let's kick off with your first defining moment. Yeah, so I think my first defining moment for me was... Um, actually an odd one. It was my own failure. Uh, for me, I think I, I've had a sort of career and well, my education has always been one that was always about getting the best grades and working really hard. And I kind of never had a moment where I, I failed in a big way. And going into university, I failed my second year. And it's something that I was so, so shy of saying and was so embarrassed about and now I'm leading with it you know it's the first thing I'm talking about because if it wasn't for that huge failure of failing a year and having to you know take a year out to repeat not only my my degree but also to understand my my future and my path and what I was meant to be doing I wouldn't be where I am today so that failure taught me how to deal with failures in the future. Oh, I love that. I love how we can use failure to sort of teach us and propel us forward. Now, how did you feel at the time, though? Because at first, when you failed your exam, were you surprised, sad, kind of ashamed? Like, what were the kind of feelings going around then? Oh, definitely. I mean, so just a bit of context. I studied engineering at university, and the reason for this was mainly because I was just very good at math and physics growing up. And my school was like, you know, they navigate you into path of certain universities and certain courses. And I, without realizing it, I believed that was my path too, because that those are the, the exams I was getting good grades in. But when I went to university and studied engineering, I just knew instantly it wasn't for me. So after the first year I passed and it was all great. Second year is when you really start realizing the difference between passion and just studying hard and I couldn't find that passion which led me to not study hard 
And um, when I got the results that I had to repeat the year on my second year, and all my friends continued on, you know, continuing their journeys, and I was sitting there like, wow, I might have to either reapply to a new university, new degree, and have I lost a couple of years of my life? And, you know, and also coming from a perspective of I used to in school get upset if I got less than 90% in an exam. So here I am failing a year. It was all relative. But for me, it was such a dark moment. I remember without going into it, like I thought that was the end of it. You know, you know that was my mind at that time that only knew that moment of disappointment and and embarrassment. So, yeah, it was very tricky. Um, but it was only in those moments of darkness could I really understand that this is just a state of being and it's up to my mind to figure out how do I propel myself to either go worse or go or go better and I want I chose to be better I love that and you know what's really interesting is clearly there's no doubt that you're incredibly intelligent right but like you just said there your heart wasn't in it you weren't passionate about it so you weren't applying yourself and so and you know a huge lesson as well there is it doesn't matter if all the you have this, you know, you have the IQ for it. You're, you're clever enough. You know, you could have you passed that, but you didn't have the passion. And that's why it's so important to have both, isn't it? 100%. I mean, I, I fundamentally believe even in, in anything in life, and I think that's unfortunately what schools don't teach you a lot growing up is they focus so much on what's on the paper and what you get good grades in without saying, okay, you got 100% in that, but do you enjoy that subject? Is that something you mm. want to do in life? And when you're children, when you're young, you're kind of like, oh, I'm good at it. So I must be enjoying it, right? Uh, without realizing, actually, how is that working from an exam to an applied job? Like, I couldn't see myself, I, even though I, I didn't mind studying. The reason why I lost motivation was because I was thinking about, wow, do I have to spend my life sitting in a lab, you know, soldering pieces of uh, uh, components to hard, to hardboards? And is this something I want to be doing and coding every day? And it wasn't me. And I, I wanted to be in meetings and, you know, do business meetings and go to business trips and kind of be an entrepreneur. And this wasn't my path. So I automatically lost all my confidence and all my motivation. So what did you do then? So I, I took, when I was, t I took my year out and I really tried to figure out, okay, let me, let's go back. Let's try to finish this degree, but let's have some kind of testing of what I could be good at. So I ended up getting an internship at Burberry uh, for six months, and that was in uh, digital marketing. So that was my first experience in marketing and in digital specifically. And at that time, I was also building my own social media presence because I was a singer on the side and trying to grow my own music and my own following. So I didn't realize, but actually having grown my own social media and then working for a digital marketing for a company, there were a lot of crossovers that I could help a brand. And I thought, oh, wow, I'm actually really good at this. And I think I can really make a difference to some of these corporations. And I started loving marketing and loving digital specifically. So I went back to university that gave me that motivation to say, okay, this is only going to be another year or two of just studying hard and getting your degree. But you know, the end goal after you graduate is not to do this. It's to do something that you really are passionate about and that's what gave me that feel to succeed um, and I use my engineering degree not to really focus on the specifics of power engineering and analog and digital but it was all about actually focusing on how to train my brain to work with these deadlines how to work in teams and those kind of transferable skills that I could gain Okay, this is not related, but you know when you've just, you're in a new relationship and you're on cloud nine, okay? Yeah. And then everything else is easier in life. 
because you know you have your passion so it's like going to you know when I don't know I remember when I was at school if you're in you that new kind of like that new love okay going to your lessons is good even if you hate the lessons you actually then suddenly love it and everything feels good and I think that's it is that not every part of our life we're going to enjoy all the time okay so, you know like you were doing that in great degree you knew it wasn't your end goal but you had this like other thing that was giving you this like inner fire and that was driving you through everything and then you were able to actually like you just said make the most out of what that degree could do for you which in your case was training your brain to meet deadlines and working hard so I just love that and I think that it's so valuable for people to hear definitely so what was your second defining moment I think my second defining moment was um, landing my job at Dior specifically and uh, leaving, you know, uh, kind of my London life and going to Paris and getting a young, getting a role at a young age um, as a you know, the global digital manager and managing a team. And especially in a country like France, where I wouldn't like to say this openly, but it's a little bit ageist where we have that hierarchy a little bit more than other countries. And you know, they're very commonly, you know, the first thing they would say to me is, oh, we have to wait three years before you even think about promotion, right? It's very much about time and, and age. So I had to come in at this very kind of, yeah, a kind of a system that I'm fundamentally opposed against. And I had to figure out how to stay motivated to work there, but also be the change I want to see, right? And motivate the other employees as well that, this is something that we can all learn and, and build together to make the company a, a better place. So I even, the first thing I said, and I think this was the most defining moment for me to my CEO when I when I did my first interview was, um, I said, if my age is mentioned in a meeting, I will leave tomorrow. And I think that put the precedent that I am here to be judged on my work and the ability of what I can do and not my age. If someone says, oh, you know, you're 25, but the work you've done is actually showing you're inexperienced, fair enough. But if they're just saying, but you're 25, then it's like, that's not enough. Because for me, experience is not dependent on age or time. Like in, I'll give you an example. In one year, someone can absorb and learn and have a different experiences to make that one year far more of a growth and of learnings than someone else doing a year or something. So it's not time dependent, it's experience dependent. I love that. How did you have the confidence to say that in, in a meeting? I mean, I love it, by the way, it's incredible. Were you always someone that had that kind of inner confidence or was it just you felt inspired in that moment to just be like, this is how it's gonna be? I've always been, and I probably still am, I'm not very confident as a person, but when it comes to standing up for my own personal beliefs of something that's more business-like. I, I think I get that from my dad. Um, he's a CEO of a, of a fragrance kind of conglomerate. And I've always seen him in meetings since a young age, since I was like probably eight. I was always going into his meeting, sitting in the corner, and I would see how he would handle discussions and still say humble, but also stand up for what's right. And um, I think for me, I always would still do it in my own nice way. I wouldn't really be as direct as that. Probably I, I would say it in a different way, but I would still get the message across to basically protect not only myself, but others, because I don't want to then leave on something that, you know, is not fair. I wanted to set the ground rules and what I really feel is important for everyone to learn and acknowledge. But uh, I think it's a way how you, yeah, definitely how you um, kind of portray that message is important, still saying humble, but you have to do it. I think if we don't do it today, um, then no one will. And I think, yeah, that's what inspired me. 
And I love that idea of being humble, but still standing up for what you believe in. What a killer combo. Love it. Oh, I, I honestly am so inspired talking to you. <laughs> um, okay, so you're in Paris. You're working at Dior. What is it actually like? How's your time there? So, I mean, firstly, Dior is the most incredible company. And I'm not just saying that because, um, yeah, I, I, I really genuinely loved every minute of it. There was, of course, like any corporate journey, so many downs. and But then they were really offset by the amount of ups. And that's why, in general, I look back at my experience and I love every single moment. However, let's, if you know, if you want to make it a bit more juicy, um, it was definitely a little bit like Emily in Paris at times, uh, being... For example, one thing people don't realize is when you work in a French maison, a French company, you have to pretty much speak in in French all, all the time. Uh, if your CV is not in French, you won't even be considered. So even though it's a head office, uh, you have to speak in French, no, no, most likely. So that was definitely a struggle at the beginning because I did GCSE French. Do you speak French? So yeah, up to GCSE. But then when I went there, uh, that, that very much showed that it was very basic. You know, when we're here in London, we're thinking, oh, yeah, uh, my French is pretty good. But when you live there and work there, it's very different. I had to pick it up. I, I had lessons um, that really helped me. But also, I think being forced to speak in French helped me the most because I was just listening to it every single day. And obviously, my team were French. So I wanted to make sure that if they were speaking in French alone, that I could understand them to not feel like an outsider. So um, no, definitely, that was definitely a struggle. But I think what also comes with that in a kind of Sorry, secondary... I'm just like, yeah. wait a second. <laughs> You're 25 in, yeah. in Paris, like in a really like senior role at Dior and you're suddenly just speaking fluent French. This is unbelievable. <laughs> like Literally. you are so impressive. <laughs> but I had to, I mean, to be fair, I did a few lessons before I joined. Like I, I knew when I was leaving Estee Lauder, I was starting Dior. So I took a lot of like a crash course in in French lessons. You know, like that kind of thing when actors, before they're going to a role, they go like really in that fitness mode. I was in my French mode of like, like let me just learn French as much as I can. Um, <laughs> it's still incredible. I mean, I could think I could probably take 10,000 French lessons and I still wouldn't get past hello. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but definitely when you live there, um, it's the best way. Like, you know, even like little things like forget the office, but like going to the groceries, like you can't go to the groceries without speaking in French. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, as a tourist, you, you, you actually realize you don't actually touch most of those places like the bank or uh, the post office or the, the grocery store. You just go to the restaurants, right? So we never think, you think, oh, Paris is a very cosmopolitan city, but it's really not. It's very French, um, which is great because for me as, a, as someone trying to live there, I got to be immersed in the culture and the language. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So, Akash, what is your third defining moment? So my third defining moment would probably be the kind of, if I kind of take a 360 and it would be leaving Dior, which sounds a bit odd, but I think that was like a symbolism of like me leaving the corporate world behind me to start my own entrepreneurial journey. Um, So yes, my career has been quite short, like maybe four or five years in the corporate world. But um, for me, it's a big moment to have made that jump and especially had a cushy job with a good career path. So to leave that for the kind of the risk and the kind of unknown of your of the having your own business, um, for me says a lot about um, my my personal growth as a, as a human and my my trust and also my sister to start the business together. So yeah, that's been a big big moment. So when did you start thinking about it, and then how did it take you from thinking, okay, I think I want to set up my own, to actually canning in your resignation so I think going back to like my current career at Dior as much as there are so many ups some of those down moments definitely puts you in those perspectives of okay I'm giving my all to a company and I feel sometimes they really appreciate it and sometimes they make me realize I'm one of many that can be replaced right and I think during those times um, you start thinking about I just want to work for myself I want to be my own boss I want to have my own future in my own kind of control um so that's kind of what was the first kind of starting points of this kind of conversation in my head and then when my sister came to me and said look um i have this idea to create this you know from our childhood memories and those ayurvedic ingredients that our grandma used to give us should we create this hair care products that no one's doing currently in the world and i was like this is really interesting like yeah i think we should so we started working together on it but I said, look, there's a big risk because my career path is quite solid if I want to stay here. So if I leave it, it's like done. I can't really come back. You know, I've got to make that decision. So I spent a good year doing both jobs, working on the both like Fable and Main and Dior, understanding, you know, until it gets to the point where Fable and Main is really taking over, I have no more time and I need to give it my all, then I would leave Dior. But uh, I did make it, you know, I told my, my my senior leadership team and stuff that I'm working on a side business and my end goal isn't really at Dior. So I was very open about it, to be fair to the company. But that didn't stop me from doing a lot in my last few months because I used it as an experience booster to get as much learnings as possible before I made that jump because I would never get that chance again to benefit in a corporate system. Well, I'm so glad you did because yeah, me too. I, I and many others have had their kind of hair transformed with Fable and Main. Plus, I just love the whole ethos of the brand. I mean, I love everything about it. And it's doing phenomenally well in a pretty short space of time. How are you feeling about all of that? Yeah, no, thanks so much. And um, also for all your support as our ambassadors. And so we're so proud to be working with people like you. It just makes it even more... Uh, kind of uh, yeah makes just so much more value validated what we're doing and really proud today um no it's been it's really a huge journey and yes we launched in april last year so at the beginning of the pandemic and lockdown as we knew it in london so that was something unfortunately we couldn't shift because 
as you know, with these things, you, you plan it a lot in advance. So we've been building the brand for about two years, talking to retailers. And then with Sephora, we locked them in a year before that. So the launch was pretty much set in date and in stone as well. So what we ended up doing is we ended up shifting our focuses to be much more storytelling, much more digital, much more online. And actually, that really helped our business because, as you know, like salons were closed and people needed that kind of TLC and the self-care at home with the hair rituals. So that was perfect for the brand. And also, um, I think the brand is full of like really rich storytelling that we can really do well on social media and through content. So I think overall, I dare I say, it, I think the pandemic helped the growth of the business. And then now fast forward from April to now, less than a year. Yeah, we've, we've, we're, we've grown pretty much double digit growth month on month. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy that how, how, how well the brand is being perceived. And just to see it, honestly, to see it in people's homes and people's bathrooms all over the world is pretty, pretty exciting. I did see Courtney Kardashian gifting it. Was it to Penelope Cruz? No, she she did it to one of her some of her friends. But there's going to be some exciting things coming soon on that. So stay tuned. So what is next? I mean, what do you do? Okay, I have so I want to ask when you have achieved so much. Okay, and because I think this is really interesting. You know, when we all we all, we have goals. Okay, don't we? Everybody has goals, and and when you are kind of going out there and you're achieving them do you ever get the sense of sort of how do you kind of sit with it or are you always going to the next thing how do you enjoy like how do you take the time to actually enjoy all your successes I definitely for me I ask because I've heard lots of things that I wanted to happen happened very suddenly and I wasn't expecting it all so quickly and then I think there's a kind of well god how do I just sit and take this in and enjoy it so how do you do that I think that's a great question and to be honest I had this conversation with my sister and I think the first thing is to understand what type of person and personality you are um so my sister for example she's 100% decided like this is her one baby. She's she wants to grow it to the most it can be, and that's enough for her to be complete and and satisfied, and that's all she wants in life. Um, she wants to do other small things here and there, but you know that's the solar system roles. You know will go around Fable and Maine. For me, hundred percent, I still believe that Fable and Maine is my baby and something I want to nurture and grow. But I also acknowledge as a human, as a person individually, I am a little bit of a kind of a crazy go-getter. I just want to do more and more and more. And even though I get days where I'm like, okay, enjoy it. This is it. Chill. The day after I'm like, okay, what next? What next? What next? And I think if you're feeling the same, it's just you are that type of person. So my father is like that. And that's why I'm like that. I see him today and he, he has like 15 to 16 businesses every year, new one. And I'm always wondering, how does he do it well? How can he you know, keep on building without sacrificing on something? And I realized, okay, it's about he is that kind of individual. So I'm like that kind of individual. Secondly, he knows that the power of delegation and conscious capitalism of building your teams together with all the stakeholders rising as you rise. So you've got not just you on that plate, but everyone else with you on that journey. So that's something I'm planning to do is, is build that kind of conscious capitalism approach to every business I do so I can keep on expanding. And third is, I see it as, and this is a little bit, I, I wouldn't want to say egotistical, but like the more businesses I can grow and do that are truly rooted on giving back and to do some good in the world, the more good in the world I will be doing. So should I stop or should I continue? So that motivates me to ensure that every business I do does have a strong giving back element or does have something that gives back to like either communities or 
whatever it is. Uh, and that motivates me further to continue those dreams I have. Oh, I love that. And do you know what? I think that's so true that it is just about honoring who you are. And I think, you know, often I kind of, and, and you know, it, it's kind of on one hand, I'm very much, I actually really enjoy just like I, this year, for example, I'm taking much more time to ground myself and just giving myself more opportunity for rest when I can. But also there are times in your life that are just for like pure drive and go, 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 and actually just embracing that and going with it. And if it's feeling right for you to just kind of like, and you know that this is your moment, you just run with it and don't stop because there will be a time, there are times in your life to slow down and there are times in your life to let that propeller fire you up, you know? So I think it's, it's definitely, you know, yeah, it's an, it's honoring who you are and also honoring what stage you're at in your life today. And I would say also to add, like, if the the biggest kind of block is no long, is not the need of like, oh, am I doing too much? But the fear of doing too much, that is not enough to stop you. I think the fear is something that most people say to me as well, like, oh, but starting my own business, I don't know, it's risky that isn't enough to stifle your own dreams. Because I'll tell you an example, um, a CEO of a big company spoke to me a year ago and um, you know, worked 40 to 50 years in the industry and wanted to launch a, a beauty brand for themselves. And I was there also thinking about launching a beauty brand for myself for Fable and Main. And we were both talking and it was crazy how the fear was the same, the risks were the same, the the kind of self-doubt was the same. And I was like, okay, but then 40 to 50 years experience to my four years, there's no difference. The risks are still gonna be there. The only way to negate them is by diminim- you know, diminishing them in your brain, on your mind, but also just going for it and proving them step by step wrong by just overcoming them when they come, because they will come. The risks will increase as you grow. And life is a roller coaster where we're gonna be going down and up and down and up. But if you're prepared for that journey and you know that, you know, you put it in those buckles in and you're going to go on that journey full force, then that's it. And I think that's my biggest advice is don't be, don't let fear dictate your dreams. It's absolutely true. And, you know, I always come back to manifesting at some point in my um, podcast episodes and, you know, step two of my seven step guide to manifesting is remove fear and doubt because, you know, magic happens outside our comfort zones and fear is always a thing that's standing in, our, in the way of us and our dreams. 100%. Akash, you have been such an amazing guest. This has been so inspiring. And I think it just really goes to show that anyone can do anything, anytime. As long as you remove fear, you have passion, you're giving back to the world in some way and you put your mind to it. 100%. Really, yeah, couldn't agree more. Thank you so, so much. And guys, I have uh, my very own discount code for Fable and Main. It's Roxy10. You can use it anytime. I highly, highly recommend you guys get yourself the oil and the hair mask. I've just finished my three-week challenge. I'm going to be posting the results soon. My hair looks unreal, if I may say so myself. And um, the feedback, like I keep saying, I get, honestly, I got a message yesterday from someone saying, um, thank you for the code. I took my, I've taken my hair extensions out for the first time. Oh, amazing. I was like, after using the oil regularly, I was like, how fab is that? Uh, that's great. Oh, it's so good. I love it. Thank you so much, Akash, and have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Roxy, and you too. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.